we have an incredible opportunity to create entirely new sustainable industries, investing in nature as the true engine of our economy. The current global crisis has disrupted every aspect of our lives. But it has also presented us with an extraordinary opportunity, a chance to reset and accelerate efforts to improve the state of our world. We need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. We simply cannot waste any more time. The only limit is our willingness to act. And the time to act is now. The COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion and equality. In short, we need a great reset. We have a choice to remain passive, which would lead to, an, to the amplification of many of the trends we see today. Polarization, nationalism, racism, and ultimately increased social unrest and conflicts. But we have another choice. We can build a new social contract, particularly integrating the next generation. We can change our behavior to be in harmony with nature again. And we can make sure that the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution are best utilized to provide us with better lives. It is obvious that we are in the midst of the most severe crisis the world has experienced since World War II. 75 years ago, countries and people came together to shape the post-war global order which brought us decades of peace. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system for the need for the post-corona era. I pulled off of the web today a uh, study. And if you are the kind of person that is conscious and aware and you watch what's happening around you, you're gonna know that what I'm gonna give you here tonight is certainly plausible, probable, and in some cases it's already happening. There is posted on the internet the uh, Agenda 2030, I think is the name of it, Agenda 2030, and it lays out there, I read it uh, yesterday, it lays out their intent to bring about a one-world government, no question about it, and whatever means possible, they're going to do it. All of this, of course, is under the, under the uh, guise that it's for the betterment of mankind, all of that. But it's happening as you listen to me this morning. Now, this virus that is uh, raging across this country and around the world, uh, there's a lot of doubt about the origins of it. Uh, on the surface of it, it came from uh, China, Wuhan, the laboratory there next to the fish market, and probably did. But there may be more going on. There may be a whole lot more going on than uh, 
than, than you see on the surface. You understand that a lot of things are given for public consumption, don't you? You understand that? Public consumption. And, you know, that's the public line. But the reality is that it goes much deeper than that. Listen to this. Medical doctors declare the pandemic was planned. A group of over 500 medical doctors in Germany called Doctors for Information made a shocking statement during a press conference. They say the corona panic is a play. It's a scam, a swindle. It's high time we understood we're in the midst of a global crime. This large group of medical experts publishes a medical paper on 500,000 copies each week to inform the public about the massive misinformation in the mainstream media. They also organize mass protests in Europe, like the one in August 29, 2020, where 12 million people signed up and several million actually showed up. Why do these 500-plus medical doctors say the pandemic's a global crime? What do they know that we don't? That's important. Hundreds of Spanish medical doctors say the pandemic is planned. In Spain, a group of 600 medical doctors called Doctors for Truth made a similar statement during a press conference. COVID-19 is a false pandemic created for political purposes. This is a world dictatorship with a sanity, sanitary excuse. We urge doctors, the media and political authorities to stop this criminal operation by spreading the truth. It's quite remarkable. Now this is what's on the, on the internet. Number three. In 2015, a testing method was patented for COVID-19. Think on that. Think hard on that. 2015, a, a system and method for testing COVID-19 patented by Richard Rothschild with a Dutch government organization. 2015. Number four. Millions of COVID-19 test kits sold in 2017 and 18, as we know the new COVID-19 disease appeared in China towards the end of 2019. Therefore, it was named COVID-19, which is an acronym for Coronavirus Disease 2019. Data from the World Integrated Trade Solution, however, shows something astonishing. In 2017 and 18, two years before COVID-19, hundreds of millions of test kits were for COVID-19 were distributed worldwide. This baffling data was discovered by someone on September 5, 2020, who posted it on social media. The next day it went viral all over the world, September the 6th, uh, WITS, an acronym for something, WITS, suddenly changed the original designation, COVID-19, into the vague medical test kit. Somebody's playing us, aren't they? Number six, the COVID-19 project, listen to this, is planned until 2025. The World Bank shows that COVID-19 is a project that is planned to continue until the end of March 2025, so the intention is to continue it for another five years.
Now this, of course, is, a, is if the Almighty allows it. You know, they, they, Satan makes his plans, but God's the one who rules. We, they plan, but God's the one who rules. Anthony Fauci guaranteed a pandemic within the next two years in 2017. Anthony Fauci made a strange prediction with an even stranger certainty. With complete confidence, Fauci announced that during the first term of President Trump, a surprise outbreak of an infectious disease would surely happen. Here's what he said, quote, Is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. How could Fauci guarantee a surprise outbreak to happen during the first term of Trump administration? What did he know that we don't? And on it goes. Then I'll end this segment with this. Bill and Melinda Gates, one of the richest men in the world. Bill and Melinda Gates guaranteed an imminent global pandemic in 2018. Bill Gates publicly announced a global pandemic was on its way that could wipe out 30 million people. He said this would probably happen during the next decade. Melinda Gates added that an engineered virus, engineered virus, engineered virus is humanity's greatest threat. Engineered virus is humanity's greatest threat and also assured the world, assured this would hit humanity in the coming years. A global pandemic is on its way. An engineered virus is humanity's greatest threat. This will happen in the next decade. Bill Gates, 2018. I do a lot of digging though. You know, you have to dig, you have to mine, you have to get underground sometime, dig some tunnels and build some structure. You gotta dig around, scratch around if you're gonna find something. These are the 12 steps that they intend to use to bring about a one-world authoritarian, uh, dictatorial, Marxist-type government where they dictate to you when you get up, when you go to bed, where you, where you uh, sleep, what you do, where you work, what you eat, control every movement that you make, monitor everything that you do. We need that totalitarian one-world government according to Revelation 13. The Antichrist will reign over the world and he'll have his enemies. You read the book of Daniel, you'll find out the Antichrist does not have absolute rule over the earth. He's got his enemies, but for the most part, he does. And we're going to start with this. Number one, create a problem. Create a problem. Take a flu-like illness with very common symptoms that can be easily treated at a 99.97 recovery rate, essentially a bad dose of seasonal flu. But like the regular flu can be dangerous to people with weak immune systems or serious underlying health issues. Call it COVID-19. I agree with a four-star general, Jack Keane, who says this is an engineered virus. Have you ever noticed how the news media doesn't get all upset about where this came from? But really, it's, don't you think it's, don't you think that it would be helpful if we knew where it came from, knew the origins of it, who created this thing? There is a virus out there killing people. Okay, that's a fact. No question about that. But the issue tonight is going to be how they're going to use that, all right? Number two, provoke a terrified reaction. Use the mainstream media to provoke, to provoke massive fear. Ensure daily reporting of any death of someone with COVID as being a death from COVID. Now, there's a nuance there. There's a, there's a difference. 
frequency. You can die with COVID from a lot of different things because it affects them. But if you die from COVID, that means it directly killed you. Difference here. Report all cases even though most people have no or mild symptoms. Bribe scientists with grants and doctors with bonus payments for supporting testing and vaccinations. Now this is happening. This is documented. This is happening. No question about it. Number three, impose lockdowns. Lockdowns. Now notice these are progressive steps to lead to a totalitarian, one-world, dictatorial government. Impose lockdowns. Impose national, local lockdowns. Commence the Great Reset to transfer wealth and power up to global corporations and the financial elite. Destroy small businesses. Strengthen global corporations. Cause a massive rise in state debt to international financiers. Push cashless payments. We know that these people that are multi-billionaires are richer now than they were when this started. And that's something that needs to be looked into. Number four, exaggerate the crisis. The cases, rather. Use totally unreliable PCR tests to massively exaggerate the number of cases, or so-called infections, among healthy people who have no symptoms and cannot spread any infection. It is a fact, from what I've observed that many people have had COVID-19 positive, tested positive for COVID-19 and never had any symptoms. Never had any symptoms. I can't even remember anybody ever having the flu and never having the symptoms. Can you? No. I had the flu one time and I was sick as a dog. Number five, mandate face mask. Promote fear to signal public compliance by mandating mask in reality, cloth masks are totally ineffective against any virus. Prolonged use of masks actually increases health risk due to the lack of oxygen, breathing in waste air, and fungal infections. Now this is what's being said. And of course, you know they've waffled back and forth, back and forth about masks. At first they said you don't need to wear one and now they're changing it. But the mask is an element of control because the mask is being used to control where you can go. Keep that in mind. It's control where you can't go into a store without a mask on. See, it's controlling your movements. Like I said at the beginning, this is about controlling you and educating you and training you to follow the leader. Number six, impose contact tracing. Now it's technical. Now this is the thing. This is how they control you. Impose contact tracing. Normalize surveillance. Get people to accept having all of their personal movements in contact with people trafficked, tracked, recorded, and analyzed. For a good purpose, contact tracing. We want to stop the flow, transmission of this virus. So we want to find out who's touched who, who's been with who, and so forth and so on. Well, what you're doing, you've got to watch this. You have to be constantly on the alert. Eternal surveillance, eternal watch, 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 watch. What is it leading to? And to this day, I'm not exactly sure of how much this cell phone you have in your pocket is monitoring you. Well, I turn it off. That's not going to change anything. That's an issue. If you no longer have your privacy, then you are being controlled. Because if they can watch what you're doing, they can control you. Number seven, impose health passports and ID systems. Here we go. You can't go into the store without a mask on. See, they're conditioning you to be controlled and directed in where you can go. 
Introduce health passport apps for smartphones as a form of biometric identity card to monitor and control people's freedom of movement and ability to access education, employment, and all types of services. These will become a global digital identity system that will compulsory will be compulsory to go anywhere. There we go. Cannot buy or cannot sell except they receive the mark of the beast. We've never lived in a time, folks, when that kind of technology was available where you could control the whole world. You've got to keep that in mind. Never been in that kind of technology. It's coming. It's already here. You got your mask, don't you? How many's got a mask? Can't get in the grocery store. You can't go in the restaurant. You can't, they take your temperature when you walk in. You're being conditioned. You're being prepared. Now listen to this next one. Roll out 5G microwave networks. 5G means fifth generation, all right? You've been using four for some time now. Now they're preparing you to go into 5G microwave networks. Listen carefully. 5G networks will allow constant gathering of huge amounts of personal data from smartphones and all internet connected devices. 5G massively increases the amount of high frequency microwave radiation that can reduce blood oxygen levels and trigger COVID-like respiratory symptoms. Did you get that? In plain words, they can take you that are, you that are fully healthy and make it look like you've got COVID-19. And then of course, once you have COVID-19, you come into the system. 5G illnesses will be blamed on COVID to justify vaccinations. Number nine. Mandatory vaccination will generate massive profits for big pharma corporations who have 100% legal immunity for all injuries and deaths. Vaccines will destroy natural immunity, increase sterility rates, and promote global depopulation. New DNA and RNA vaccines will create genetically modified humans, bioengineered for obedience, sterility, and easy control. Now that's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. Just the other day, two women were awarded the Nobel Prize, the Nobel Prize for being able to split genes, manipulate DNA. And I see how this is fulfilling prophecy. That's a big deal, folks. DNA is the code that does everything in your body. RNA reads it, and there's more to it than that, but RNA reads it and applies it. It's a thing. They've got something here now. They're doing something. They've got some power. Cash allows people to stop, shop rather, in privacy. Now think about that. It allows you to shop in privacy. Cash does. With cash, the state does not know what, where, or when you buy something. A cashless economy means a total loss of financial privacy as all purchases can be constantly monitored and controlled. Access to digital finance can be withdrawn from anyone who dissents from officially approved purchases, views, or behavior. And he calls it all. They neither buy nor sell, except they receive his mark. Revelation 13. That fits together, doesn't it? Preparing us for control. Cashless society. Compel RFID microchip implants. Radio RFID is radio frequency ID. Move from health passport apps to more convenient radio frequency identity, microchip implants, 
that allow constant 24-7 monitoring of health, movements, contacts, and digital payments. In other words, they're watching everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you buy, everything you come in, everybody you come in contact with. They're, they're watching you. With RFID chips, all human privacy will completely cease. Initially, these chips will be voluntary. Once normalized, they will become compulsory. See the word normalized. De facto, in other words. Here's what normalized means. When you go into the grocery store, everybody's got a mask on, all right? That's normalized. Everybody's participating. It's part of the general scene, part of the general culture. That's normalized. And then finally, you arrive at the totalitarian New World Order. Number 12. A depopulated, high-tech, totalitarian world with genetically modified humans, weakened natural immunity, microchipped, permanently connected to the Internet, monitored and controlled 24-7, human beings will be reduced to the level of biological machines living in a totalitarian prison the real goal of this so-called Great Reset is high-tech fascism, communism. COVID is merely the excuse. I agree with that. So what I gave you tonight, 12 steps to create a one-world government. And it didn't come across as we expected, did it? Nobody preached this 10, 15, 20 years ago. You hear from anybody. And the reason is because all of this stuff has just developed in the last few years. And COVID-19 has brought, it's put it in perspective. That's the way I say it. COVID-19 has put into perspective, connected the dots of all of this stuff we're talking about tonight. So what does all this mean, preacher? It means even so, come Lord Jesus, come. That's what it means. It means that we can't go on much longer until we are absolutely, completely being controlled and monitored by the state. And you're not going to be able to buy anything in the grocery store. You're not going to be able to go to the doctor. You're not going to be able to go uh, to uh, uh, anywhere, anywhere, nowhere. You can't even go to a good dog fight without a mask on. Why to wear it? They're going to tell you when to get up, when to go to bed. They're going to be able to monitor everything you do. Would you, would you want to live in a world like that? No, no, no. So what are we supposed to do, preacher? Number one is pray. Lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. Honestly, folks, I can't see how it'll last much longer. I really can't. This technology is, is like a, a huge tsunami. Remember that tsunami that hit over there? They've got videos of it. it killed thousands of people. That's what this is. It's a tsunami. It's just coming in. It's, it's coming from every side. It's merging. All of this stuff is merging. And, it's go and, 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 and you're going to see the, the result of it. Now, I'm free. I've told you. I've warned you. I've told you how important this election is. It's coming uh, November the 3rd. I want you to do some serious praying about who you vote for. Really, do some praying. So how far are we from a totalitarian, one-world government? We may be closer than we think. Well, regardless of what happens, we know this for certain. We know this. The Lord told us it's going to happen. He said, when, he said, the men's hearts will fail them for fear in seeing these things that are coming. All right. There's nothing, nobody could ever come across beforehand with a clear line of demarcation between normal, where it was normal, and then all of a sudden this happens. Nobody. But here's what we get from Scripture. 
The tribulation period starts with the signing of a covenant. That's the seven years of tribulation, you see, the signing of a covenant. But there's nothing about this gradual transition of all this stuff that's happening. See, no covenant's been signed, but we're seeing. You're seeing the kind of stuff that can happen in the seven-year tribulation period. You're seeing it already. And they're telling us, some of these people are saying, this is just a, this is just a, a preview of the, of the viruses that are going to be turned loose in the near future. Who knows? Well, I know this. Who knew about this one? Nobody. Except the, except the movers and the shakers and the ones who designed it. Father, bless your word. It's heavy stuff tonight. Lord, I don't enjoy this, not one bit. But I know that a lot of people are watching by the internet. And I know this thing will go on the web. And I know people will watch it later. And Father, tonight I gave it out to the church and to these people. This is the flock that I'm accountable for. Watch over. I pray that your word will not return void. You said in the book of Daniel, knowledge will increase. There's no way any of this could. This, all of this, Lord, every bit of this stuff I'm talking about tonight is based on an increase in knowledge. Increase in knowledge. But you knew it. You knew all about it. You told us it was going to happen. And you're God. You don't need us. We need you. And we love you. And we bless your righteous name. And you've given me something to live for. And you took me when nobody else would take me. And you reached down into the dark and gave me light. You wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, until my dying day, until I take the last breath in this body, I want to stay faithful to you. Hallelujah to God. I want to stand with you, Lord. And then when you get ready, we'll leave. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I have had more than enough of this disease that attacks not only human beings, but so many of the greatest things about our country. But after all we've been through, it isn't enough just to go back to normal. We've lost too much. We've mourned too many. We've been through too much frustration and hardship just to settle for the status quo ante, to think that life can go on as it was before the plague. And it will not. And it will not. Because history teaches us that events of this magnitude, wars, famines, plagues, events that affect the vast bulk of humanity, as this virus has, they don't just come and go. They are more often than not the trigger, the trigger for an acceleration of social and economic change. Acceleration of social and economic change. Because we human beings will simply not content ourselves with a repair job. We see these moments as the time to learn and to improve, improve on the world that went before. And that's why this government will build back better. Take a look at America today. Over 150,000 Americans are dead from COVID-19. We have a health crisis worsened by Trump's failure to act. An economic crisis deepened by Trump's failure to get the virus under control. A racial justice crisis fanned by Trump's words of hate. A climate crisis exacerbated by Trump's denial of science. And America needs a plan to solve all of them. In order to meet the challenges of today, we can't just build back the way things were before. We have to build back better. We have to build back better. The affirmative task we have now 
is uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. A world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. It's about the future of Europe and a new world order. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. So that the problem of the Bush presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international the beginning, order. The beginning of a new international order. But today, with Asia already outproducing Europe, India and China are clearly becoming part of our new order. So, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, a new world is emerging. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges. I think its task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity and it isn't such a crisis. But this crisis in the way that has developed will require some kind of a world government. Good evening, everybody. President Obama and British Prime Minister Gordon today calling for a new world order to tackle our global economic crisis. And the president outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. So I see a world order in the future with a multipolar world order. I think a new world order is emerging and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. We have resolved that from today we will together manage the process of globalization to secure responsibility from all and fairness to all. And one of the ways it will drive the change is through global governance and global agreements. But in a globalized economy, we are going to have to take global responsibilities. And there going to, is going to have to be some semblance of global governance. Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale. Nor has any previous order had to combine the attributes of the historic balance of power system with global democratic opinion and the exploding technology of the contemporary period. There also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society. Well, during the, during the conflict with Saddam Hussein, which he handled so superbly in, in a short-term sense, he kept talking about a new world order. Uh, and, and, and then President Bush, at the end of, the, of that war, promised he would give four graduation addresses, four commencement addresses, describing that new world order and what America's role was going to be in it. Turned out he gave one of those addresses and canceled the other and talked about something else. That's what, because they weren't ready yet. That in fact, we're all going to have to give up a little bit of our sovereignty 
in order to make the world work. And I strongly believe India will be a central actor in the new world order. And this present window of opportunity during which a truly peaceful and interdependent world order might be built will not be here for open for too long. Already there are powerful forces at work that threaten to destroy all of our hopes and efforts to erect an enduring structure of global cooperation. Are you optimistic a global system can happen it, from what it, we've heard so far? It, it, it could happen and in fact it's in the works. I mean, what's up? Just one thing, we could go on about how you know, your family committed all these acts against society, but we just want to let you know the New World Order has no legitimacy right. and that we as a people are not afraid and we are waking up to the robber barons and the big banksters who are looting right. this economy with the Federal Reserve. Well, I just want to let you know the New World Order has no legitimacy and that we as a people are not afraid and we are waking up to the robber barons and the big banksters who are looting this economy with the Federal Reserve. Well, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus.